1: This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network. This is James Altucher at... I always say it's a very special James Altucher Show because all of them are really special to me. But this one actually is special because uh, my guest, and I'll introduce her in a second, my guest is... Claudia. Actually, I'll say hi. Claudia, how are you doing?
0: Hi, James. Happy to be here.
1: Claudia is my wife. And instead of having, like, the normal guests that I usually have, uh, uh, Claudia, not that you're abnormal or anything. I but think
0: I am, actually.
1: Maybe you are because you married me, but maybe most people can say that about their husbands and wives. But, maybe they uh, can. But um, I kind of wanted to describe a little bit more... I wanted the tables turned on me. So Claudia, who knows me better than um, some people, is going to interview me and basically, you know, talk about. Dig in. Yes, dig in and how I chose myself and why why I'm really doing this podcast and why I think it can help people, why I want to help people and why I think you can choose yourselves too and what. Benefits there are. That, that's a big list of things, Claudia. You're gonna. That's have a-,
0: a very big list. And no pressure on me or anything you're like a big that. Not that you're here. making an outline or anything. Or I'm totally free to interview you. But of course, what I'm gonna do is just listen to you say yeah, and then just do whatever I want. Yes. So go for it. let's just start with. Um, there is this sentence uh, that I've heard a lot of times in your talks, and. Um, You say, I was going to die. This is a very, it's something that I've heard you say many times. And I want to know, why were you going to die?
1: It sounds like you're laughing there. Like, are you laughing at the thought of me dying? I am laughing.
0: (laughs) I am laughing, actually, yes. Because I I, I don't believe you're going to die now. But I do
1: believe. I, I promise in my will, I've left you all of my $2 bills. So yeah, you better. If I, I like I, those. If I die, you can have all of them. I think I have like three thousand two dollar bills. So <laughs> I, I kind of think that even if the dollar goes down, the two dollar bill will retain its value just for like uh, collectible sake. But um, okay, so I, I wrote that because, uh, and it comes up a lot. I mean, it's happened to me a couple of times, and maybe other people can relate to this. You, I've, you know, like I'll get. I'll talk about one situation specifically. You know, in 2001, I essentially lost all of my money. And it wasn't like how you lose money in the dot-com crash, like you had money on paper, and then now suddenly it was worth nothing. Like, I had millions and millions of dollars cash. How many?
0: How many millions did you have?
1: Well, are, are you like a gold digger trying to, uh, to I am
0: actually yes. I'm well, very interested in the well, number.
1: Well, well, the, good, the the good thing for me is and I'm not I'm not bragging is that it went to total zero, but I started this period with about $15 million in cash and I ended this period of my life with literally there was $143 in the ATM machine like I could not get any money out of the bank and I'll, and I'll get to that in a second but there came a point when I realized you know what I really screwed up and there was no way out like I couldn't figure out a way out so I was I, I and you might wonder how did I lose all this money you don't really you don't really lose money by spending it although I certainly did a lot of that like I bought a big house I was traveling a lot I bought artwork but I was also just Investing in a lot of bad companies. So I had sold a company that I'd worked really, really hard on. Like, I mean, I, I was, it was a hundred hours a week that I worked on this company, and I sold it. And I wanted to, uh, and I sold it for a good amount of money. And I thought, okay, this is great. I'm a really smart genius now. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done as a human being. But, but you know, but I still wanted more. Like, I felt like. You know what? Fifteen million is not enough. I want a hundred million, and I don't know why I thought that that was. Like- let, let
0: me get this straight, because here I, I need to stop you for a minute. You had, you sold this company. You wanted more, but you had fifteen million dollars in cash.
1: Yes, cash and how.
0: Back. And then you ended up, you remember seeing $143 in your ATM machine, that number. You remember yeah. that number.
1: Yeah, so that number I saw in 2002. And it, it,
0: how long did it take you between the time you had $15 million to go to 143
1: That was about a year and a half. Um, But the bulk of the money I lost in the summer of 2001, I lost about a million dollars a week. Uh, Essentially, I thought I was like a stock market genius, even though I had zero experience in the stock market at that time. uh, But what did you do? What did you do to lose that kind of money? Did you fly
0: private jets?
1: I did fly private jets occasionally. Did you gamble? I, I did gamble. Did you go to prostitutes? No, I didn't go to any prostitutes. But I did for a while. Uh, I did uh, separate from my wife, who's now my ex-wife. You're my current wife.
0: And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that.
1: And so, and I, so I started moving around in like different hotels. And you what know, kind
0: of hotels were you going to? Were you going to like the the YMCA?
1: No, I was going to very nice hotels. Like which
0: one? Like which one?
1: But you know what? That's not how you lose money. Like, it doesn't matter if you spend a thousand dollars a night. You're not going to lose 15 million dollars that way. So what you're going to do. So How
0: do you lose money?
1: So so you you know, what what happened was is that I ended up thinking I was a genius. I figured, oh, my gosh. I made $15 million. I'm in New York City, and, you know, there's that Frank Sinatra song, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. Game of the world. Yeah, so I started uh, investing in companies, in stocks, and, of course, the dot-com crash did happen. So I did what's – I don't know why it's called this. It's called the Texas Hedge. So I hedged all my stock that I had, so I made all this cash, and then I threw it right back into Internet stocks and started to lose – Everything and I, I, I built a, a, a huge house, uh, and I couldn't afford that anymore. So I was losing. Was hu- your
0: Tribeca place?
1: Yeah. So, so it was a huge how big was that? So it was a forty five hundred square foot uh, or five thousand square foot penthouse apartment in you know the best area of New York. And uh,
0: did it have one floor or two floors?
1: Well, one floor, but it was the whole floor of a building, so the elevator opened up into it. Uh, You know, it's not – again, that was bad. What was bad about that was that once I had lost all my money is that I then had to keep up this this lifestyle. So after I'd lost like 95% of my money, the final 5%, it was already too late for me because – you know 911 happened i couldn't sell my house so it was just like almost like a guarantee that i was going to lose my house cuz i had no job i had no money and my expenses were about 50 or 60,000 a month and so and so I, there's no reason to feel sorry for me because this was all ridiculous like i was a total idiot um
0: and I'm in the middle of all of this, so you are like broke. You have this incredible place in Tribeca. You need to come up with sixty thousand dollars a month, and nine eleven happens.
1: Yeah. So so it was even worse. Like I had moved out. I had separated from from my ex. And I mean, I don't want to say it was worse than nine eleven because that was obviously very horrible. And I, I lived right next to the World Trade Center, and um, that's a whole story. But I moved out of my ex. Uh, I actually fell in love with somebody else and uh, which I had never revealed before Claudia I never even revealed that before to you so this I is, am
0: actually quite shocked I I just went silent and I'm not sure I can breathe here I who who is this person you fell in love with
1: Does, does it doesn't matter for the purposes of this podcast Is it an
0: actress is it someone famous <laughs> No
1: no no one famous So is so,
0: it somebody I know
1: No 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 So but the whole thing is is that then I was going broke, and I could my I couldn't support my family, and I couldn't support this house that I had moved in. So I basically had to end everything and move back in. Uh, After six months leaving, I had to move back into my house. But wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. You're going way too fast here. You you just told me you fell in love with another woman. What happened there? You can't just leave me hanging. What did you do with the woman? I mean, I know everything was chaos, but what what happened with the woman? First,
1: let me just say, I separated before that happened. You did say
0: that you separated before that happened. That's true.
1: And then I had to end it because I had no... Money and my my whole sense of self worth, wor- my worthiness as a human being at that time was so tied up in my net worth. And mm. not only that, I didn't want you know i had a, I had a family that I thought was set for life, but I didn't want them to go bankrupt. So I I I had to end it, and I I moved back in um, to my house and. Uh, uh, I lost everything, so I continued to lose everything. Nine eleven happened. How uh, did that
0: feel? How, how were you feeling? Were you depressed?
1: Oh my God, I was so depressed. I, I mean, were you crying? All, 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 let me just explain. I was just not I, crying. Was like the least of it. Like I, co- I lost about forty pounds, and so I, I think I went from about one hundred fifty pounds to about. I don't know, 120 pounds, like even my mother, who weighs like 80 pounds, was like, oh, my gosh, you look like you're from a concentration camp. So I I couldn't eat. I, um, I was feeling really suicidal because every aspect of my life I felt was over. And I thought to myself, you know, my kids would be better off Uh, with my life insurance policy than they would be with a dad. So they they weren't really old enough to uh, have formed a, a strong kind of bond with me. Like, you know, kids, you know, they don't really care about anything. I mean, we don't know, but they don't really care about anything until a certain age. It's not like I was playing checkers and giving life advice to my kids at this point. They were little kids. How old were your kids then? Well, uh, you know, it, my oldest was about three, and uh, my youngest uh, had yet to be born. So, because I, right. you know, I. So
0: they didn't know any better. Yeah, they, they didn't did.
1: make any they, they, You know, fortunately, I got back together with my ex, so my youngest could be born. I, I love both my kids. But, um, uh, you know, but I really thought that it would be better for me to kill myself. Then and and they could benefit. They could then my ex, who who you know, we didn't really have such a great relationship anyway. She could uh marry somebody else, hopefully, someone much better than me because I was such a lousy person, and uh again, because I was tying my my self worth with my net worth, and she could um uh you know, this this great new husband she would have could be the father of these kids and they would have uh, I had a four million dollar life insurance policy at the time and they could benefit from that and you know I, I was able to get such a good life insurance policy because I had uh, so much money then so so you know before anyone realized I was totally broke I could just kill myself uh, trigger the suicide clause you know the suicide clause every insurance life insurance policy you can't commit suicide for the first year but I had already gone past that year so so, you were- so- Safe. Yeah, I was safe. And so so I would Google, uh, how can I kill myself? And I would, talk, I would even talk to people about it. And it, it turns out, you know, there's no real uh, safe way to kill yourself. Like Are you, you sure of that? Yeah, well, like, tell me a method you would use to kill yourself.
0: I don't know. I would think there has to be a method where you can take some... Um, Cocktail of some sort that slowly puts you to sleep and eventually kicks
1: in. Okay, you would you would think that, but that totally. depends on your Body chemistry, your genetics Your metabolism, and so the likely Outcome of doing Some sort of cocktail that you make up In your Kevorkian nightmares (laughs) The the likely Outcome is that you end up waking up Brain damaged in the hospital and never Able to move again Um,
0: You really thought this out? You
1: you really researched this? I looked up every possible cocktail you could take Now, of course, many people kill themselves this way But also, you don't really see the full numbers, many people end up ODing and in a hospital and sick for many, many years, if not the rest of their life, or paralyzed or whatever. You could go paralyzed from uh, taking a bad cocktail of drugs. Uh, the same thing with shooting yourself in the head. Sh- you know, shooting yourself in the head. I know one guy. I literally know this guy. He shot himself in. He put the gun in the mouth the same way Ernest Hemingway did it. He put the gun in his mouth. He shot out his left eye and half his brain and he was paralyzed and he ended up living. So he has So basically he was an
0: idiot. He aimed wrong.
1: He aim- no, he aimed the way he thought. Like you- it's not like you can practice this. So <laughs> you know, it's 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 you know, he ended up marrying his nurse. So his life is like you know, I don't know if you call that okay or whatever, but it's a blessing
0: suddenly, in disguise.
1: Yeah, whatever. of sorts, I'd rather not I have guess. that. I'd rather not have that blessing. The other thing you could do is you could jump off a bridge that's really high, and many people do that. Uh, Claudia, you and I know somebody who recently who has done that very tragically, um, but. Uh, you know what I'm uh, was uh, first off. What
0: about what about? I mean, if you had.
1: Well, oh, wait, wait, let me let me just talk about the bridge thing because that's how a lot of people do try to kill themselves. Is that uh, you could? What I was afraid of is a. I'm afraid of heights, so I was really afraid of that final few. You, you still have to live those final few seconds, and I was terrified of uh, being afraid of heights. But also, what if you change your mind on the way down? Like you're like jumping off this bridge, and you're thinking. Oh I'm my god. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a- can
0: I hold on to? Yeah,
1: this is not good anymore. So so there's really no way to do it. So I'm on the floor and 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 crying and depressed like I couldn't get out of bed and I Did you uh, actually attempt something? No, because I had a child and uh you know there was no... And I was really... I was almost too depressed to do anything. Like, I couldn't move out of bed. Like, I was just depressed. I'd, I had really kind of... um It just sucked, everything. and, And again, this is like... I I almost want to call this like white people problems like, oh, poor him. He lost $15 million and now he's feeling bad and he was a lousy person. But, you know, okay, this is what happened to me. And I had started a really good business. A lot of people actually made money because of this business. And I created some value because of this business and I was proud of it. And I I squandered it. And, you know, one thing that happened was um, so I lost my home. And on the weekend before I lost my home, Um, You know, I had to move out. I had to move 75 miles north to a place, you know, one-fifth the size. Like, it's practically a a shack. In um, the
0: town where we live now.
1: Yes, but in a different part of the town.
0: uh, Yes.
1: So so, uh, uh, now we live here because we're close to my kids. Uh, I'm divorced, and my kids still live here. They don't live in the shack. They live in a different house, too. But, uh, uh, you know, the weekend before... I realized I had absolutely no money. Like I had zero money and I was honestly scared I wouldn't be able to afford there, were, there could be a chance I wouldn't be able to afford food or diapers or anything. Now I knew uh I was going to have a little bit of money come my way the next week. And so I called up my parents uh and said, "Hey, um can I borrow I'll, I'll drive down, you know, 100 miles where you are and can I borrow uh, a few hundred dollars and for the weekend and then on Monday, just three or four days later, I, I'm going to drive back down and I will return a few hundred dollars to you. Uh, you know, uh, no problem.
0: How and, much money did you ask them for?
1: I asked them for a $1,000 actually. So, mm-hmm. um, because like, I and I don't know why I needed thought felt like I needed a thousand dollars for diapers and food, but that was again still the mentality I was living. Like oh my gosh, like I just I all I need is a thousand dollars. It still could be considered a lot of money, but that's what I felt I needed to borrow to survive the weekend. So like a thousand dollars for diapers and food. you baby were work.
0: flying high, yeah. You were still flying high. Where my in the- brain was, yeah, right.
1: So, but my parents um said no and they said you know we put you through college which was actually not true i paid for my own college but that's another story but uh, they, they they said no for whatever reason you know they were i don't know what their plan was or what their thinking was but i got upset and i hung up the phone. Um, and I figured, you know what, I've got really serious things to deal with. I can't deal with arguing with them. They called me back, uh, and they tried to talk to me, but I wouldn't pick up. And over did they the... offer you less money? No, no, they said not a dime. And uh, over the next six months, I think my dad felt bad, and he tried to contact me like I had, I had gone on TV at one point. He wrote me an email saying I did a nice job. He tried calling me, tried emailing me, and then um, he died. So, uh, that, uh, uh, that hang he up. He died suddenly? No, no, no. That, that hang up was the last time I spoke to him. So what happened was he then had a, a stroke and I sort of feel like if I had the money, if I had just been smart and just simply put the money in the bank and been like a normal human being, I could have maybe, um, cured him. Of what afflicted him When he had the stroke you know. There's all sorts of different types of strokes There's all sorts of different types of treatment He ultimately uh, got off insurance And essentially ended up on some kind of Medicare And I couldn't help him at all I had no money And all I could do was just sit there And he was in a a, a sort of semi-coma Where he would just stare at the ceiling So I remember he was really into chess Just like I am He had taught me when I was a kid So I hung up on his ceiling, uh, I, I blew up a, a poster-sized image of a chess position that he could like figure out, like a problem that he could figure out. I put one on the ceiling, I put one on the door, I put them on the walls. But he was mostly just lying in bed, staring at the ceiling. So, but he never spoke, he never moved, nothing. And I just, I figured I would put these up there so maybe he could at least. Think about things. That was the only thing I could did, do for him. Did her. you
0: ever get a sense that that maybe he was uh, at some point trying to communicate with you? Did you ever get any feeling from him, or was he really gone?
1: I honestly don't know. The doctors and nurses said he was completely gone. I felt like maybe there was something there but maybe it was just wishful thinking. I don't know. I don't know. So
0: do you think do you do you blame yourself a bit? Uh, do you feel guilty about um, this situation?
1: Yeah, I did because I felt like if I had the money in the bank, you know, there's like there's like these weird strategies where you could put them in a spinning machine and that kind of wakes up some of their neurons and reconnects some of the synapses. And, you know, I was researching all these kind of alternative strategies, but ultimately I couldn't do anything for him. And they were they were mistreating him like they lost his glasses then they would drop him on the floor then they would, he would have bed sores and you know a bed sore is where they don't move you on the bed so your skin essentially rots away to the bone and it just wasn't good and then eventually he just he just had a heart attack and died like because you can't you can't just function like that so, But do you
0: do you think you you can I mean because all of this that you're telling me is really is is horrible and so if you were feeling guilty at the time or maybe the, the possible you could have had the possibility to save him quote-unquote I, I do, do you find do you find that you've been able to forgive yourself
1: Um, yes, because there was nothing I could do. And you know what I realized too, and I'll I'll get to more of this, but the problem that happened to me, and this doesn't excuse me, but look, this is just life. Like I can't, nobody can be everyone's hero. And so, you know, my dad also was a a drinker. He was an, an eater. He had his stroke while he was arguing with somebody He was getting himself into massive amounts of debt, so I can't take responsibility for everything that happens to everybody around me, even the people I love. I, I can do the best I can do, and now I try every day to do the best I can do. The only thing that could make me a success now is if I have a successful day today. So that means, I, that means I'm healthy today and doing the best I can do for the people around me today, not yesterday and not tomorrow. And the best indicator of a successful tomorrow is a successful today. That's the only indicator because That's I, I don't, true. I, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Like any anything that we're doing today is something that somebody in the course of history has died while doing. So <laughs> you and I are having a conversation. Certainly people have died while having a conversation. They've had a heart attack and died. We, I just ate lunch. Certainly many people my age have died. Many Many healthy people my age have died while having lunch. What so- is
0: your age, by the way?
1: My age is 46, the same as your age. Uh, You're one month younger than me. Well,
0: thanks for saying that out in the open without consulting or anything. I'm going to call you out. Just go ahead, you know. Do that to any woman. They're going to love you for it.
1: Okay, but anybody looking at your picture knows that you look like you're 25. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, let me ask you a question. Do you you say your father was actually doing some uh, practices in his own life that, that weren't very healthy? Do you think that in a way you were perhaps repeating the pattern a little bit in your own life?
1: Yeah, so I felt like, you know, so my dad, when he was, you know, he had a software company just like I did. His company went public just like mine sort of did. I sold to a public company and then he um, uh, uh, he went broke and then he got depressed. And he had a nervous breakdown, actually, where he was just crying all the time. And, um, you know, it was really sad to see it happen to him. And then and he got divorced from his first wife. Uh, He had a child with his first wife. Uh, You know, and I felt very much like I was repeating his pattern. And I thought I was doomed to, to... you know have a stroke and die or you know or you know get depressed and and spend the rest of my life sitting in a chair listening to music until I until I had a stroke so so but
0: I, I know for a fact by having living with you that that is not the case today for you as a 46 uh, healthy no no everything
1: everything's great like so, but
0: what changed what what was it that you what what was it then
1: so so it's it's really interesting because the exact same situation didn't happen to me just once. I described to you just one situation where I made a lot of money and then I lost it all and so on. The exact same situation happened to me again. Um, so, it, it actually, it happened to me two more times. One was sort of a mini time where I made a good chunk of money but then lost it all. And then I built up another business, uh, stockpicker.com, sold it to the street.com. Uh, and you know, I sold it for $10 million to the street.com. I bought a new house. I bought a big house. Uh, and the next thing you know, I was, so you had
0: $10 million in the bank again and you went ahead and bought another huge house again.
1: No, I, I had partners on the $10 million business. So I had a, I had a few million dollars, but, uh, but yes, then I bought a big house. I thought I was oh, there it goes. I'm, I'm slapping my hands again, like king uh, of the
0: world. Did you start uh, gambling again? No. Private planes, hotels.
1: Yes. So so not quite in the same way. I didn't have as much, but um, but I definitely became like much more arrogant. I I definitely, ever, you know. So 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 again, let's just put it this way. Again, I found myself on the floor contemplating suicide, uh, losing my house. And this time I really was losing my family. So I separated from my ex-wife and never got back together with her after that. Um, And which, of course, has worked out for the best. Like I fell in love with a a lovely young lady named Claudia. And we got married and uh, everything is great. We're now we're doing this podcast together. But, you know, this happened to me, I want to say, either big or small, it happened to me on about four or five occasions where I made a lot. I felt like, wow, this is great. I'm done as a human being. Like I achieved my quote unquote goal. And and then bam, right from that point, I lost it all. So I did it so many times. It was almost like statistically significant. And, uh, you know. And I, was, I guess if
0: it happens three times in your life, you're beyond the third time is a charm. You you were on the path to, to complete disaster. You were a train wreck.
1: Yeah, I was a train wreck, and I thought like, oh my god, I'm getting older too. Like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, I was. Were you drinking? I was I was drinking every night. Um, I was total alcoholic. Uh, how I-
0: alcoholic? Like alcoholic? Like seriously? Like like sleeping on the street?
1: Yeah, like one time a situation I was on a date uh with someone I had just met and I got so drunk. I was practically unconscious at the bar and then I remember it was it uh we were like walking uh on the past the intersection of uh 3rd Avenue and 50th Street towards the hotel I was staying at and um and I just fell down and I fell asleep in the middle of the intersection and it's raining and, oh car, and cars were swerving all around. And was like, she with you? Yeah, this girl literally had to like pull me out of the street um, before Did our car was. Did she take you me. to the hotel? No, I was just, I, I think she was disgusted with me. <laughs> so I literally was in the lobby of the Waldorf Astoria like projectile vomiting. Oh like, my God. Uh, and pe- guards were like, holy <laughs> and, Sorry. <laughs> You could believe that. And uh, and I was laughing and vomiting and just, like, making <laughs> up, making my way out of my room. Did I you had, poo on
0: yourself, no, too, or just vomiting? No,
1: just, I did not, uh, you know. You did
0: not. Okay. Yeah. No, just but, vomiting. But, but, How did you get to your room? Did, did
1: people grab you? And- no, no. I, I had the uh, room number on the key. So, yeah. Um, well, the Waldorf Astoria was my was my hotel of choice then. They all knew me, and then I never went back there again because <laughs> it was too, too humiliated like it was years later. Yeah. You and I finally went back. But um, we went back for your birthday last year, which was nice.
0: Yeah, and nobody recognized you, which no one, was a good thing.
1: No one recognized me. Probably a whole change in staff because I definitely repulsed. They they, <laughs> they had my photograph up on the, on the wall um, next to Conrad Hilton or whoever. <laughs> Unwanted person. So, but... Uh, um you know what I saw though was very very important through all of this there was a common pattern of when I was successful and there was a common pattern of when I lost everything so and I'll just get right to it the common pattern when I lost when I was most successful and I've been I'm 46 now I've been doing this since I was 40 or 41 and it's amazing and literally my life changes almost a hundred percent every six months. And you've seen it, Claudia. You're like the only common thing that has been around every six months. Everything That's right. else has changed every six months for the better. And your
0: daughters have been around too. And yeah,
1: my daughters. Of course they change. But um but my rel- they have been growing, but yes. my relationship with them gets better, and 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 not that it was ever bad, but you know it evolves and, and improves, and I and I love them very much. But uh, uh, the, the the critical thing that I started doing was. Uh, I started being healthy and that doesn't mean I was going to the gym and like lifting weights and suddenly being healthy. Cause that's not real health. That's like gym health. But, uh, and I don't want to put that down like a lot of people love going to the gym and it's, and it's useful. But really what I meant was I was sleeping well, so instead of sleeping three hours a night and being real anxious, the other like eight hours a night or whatever, I would make sure I would sleep at least eight or nine hours a night. One third of your life, at least, should be spent sleeping. Because How
0: did you do that? Did well, you well, did you drink before you went to sleep or did you no, just no, no. start? Were you not sleeping before? Or?
1: Yeah, I was not sleeping before. I was too anxious. And drinking is really bad for sleep because you, it puts you to sleep, but then you have so much sugar in you. From the alcohol that you pop awake at like two in the morning, which is the worst time because that's when you're incredibly anxious. So I would not only would wake up from this like sugar high, but I would be incredibly anxious. So I stopped alcohol. Because alcohol also is a depressant. So I was already depressed and I was drinking alcohol to numb the depression, but then I'd end up waking up even more anxious and depressed. So I stopped drinking. Sleep is the most important thing for rejuvenating brain cells. So if you want to be creative and have new ideas and so on, you have to make sure you sleep eight or nine hours. Anybody who tells me, oh, I only need five hours of sleep a night or I only need three hours of sleep a night, they're either lying or they have some kind of disability that hasn't surface yet but will surface because sleep hygiene is very important no screen time after 6 p.m i usually try you and i both we usually try to avoid uh eating after 6 p.m
0: well i will say that that was a little bit of a battle to get you to not turn the ipad ever on the bedroom
1: yeah, and it's really... Let, let, let's
0: acknowledge that. Yeah, it wasn't easy.
1: It wasn't easy, right, because it's very important to, like... Look, and this is no joke. Like, this is your life. You the, Before you're born, there was, like, infinity. Like, you were... There was, an, there was a huge amount of... There was 13 billion years before you're born. And I guarantee you, after you die, there's even more than... 13 billion years where you're dead so you're only alive for this tiny short amount of time and so you want to make sure it's the highest possible quality amount of time you could find so do. yes yes so, so sleep so, so okay physically healthy really means sleep well eat well which me and everybody knows what that means. I don't have to describe it. Like you know what you, what it is. When you're when you're about to eat like five donuts, you're no, you know you're not eating well. And that's an extreme. I'm sure you know in other cases when you're not eating well. But everybody's diets different. I'm not going to try to dictate anyone's diet. My own personal diet is you and I both we try to go as paleo as possible. So essentially all that means is as few carbs as possible. But mm-hmm. uh uh, so, and that
0: has worked very well for us, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've lost a ton of weight. I feel good. My metabolism's better. But again, uh, diets are different for everybody. The key thing is, you know, eat well. So sleep well, eat well, and some amount of exercise. And again, that doesn't mean run a marathon. It might mean take a 20-minute walk three times a week and on my blog i even posted a picture uh, or i think in my newsletter i posted a picture of what the brain activity looks like before and after a 20 minute walk and the brain just lights up like neurons are talking to each other synapses are forming serotonin is bursting through you and life is just better when you're exercised
0: what is your current routine of like, what what do you do daily now as a physical part
1: well, I do a lot of walking and I do a lot of push-ups. So I keep, you know, muscle building is good for metabolism. When you do push-ups, again, it's not like lifting weights in a gym, but you are lifting a good chunk of How many of push-ups weight. do you do? I don't know. As much as I can. I don't really.
0: You do look good, I have to say. I like your muscles.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, uh, and then, okay, so that that's physical health. Then I'm going to talk about emotional health, mental health, and spiritual health. It's these four things I try to check the box on every single day without fail. I will this not... This is what you
0: call the daily practice, isn't right, it? Right,
1: right. And I call it not like the daily, you know, or I call it not the cure or, or the secret or anything like that because for me, it's a practice. If I don't do it for, let's say, two days in a row, I start feeling worse. And let me describe. finish describing what it is. So emotionally... I hang out with – I, I eliminated anybody in my life who I felt was draining energy from me. So so it's not as if I was callous, uh, uh, that, and that I'm going to be callous. If a friend needs help, I'm going to help them because, you know, that's part of being a good friend and, and being emotionally healthy. But if someone in general is, like, draining on me, they're out of my life. It's a one strike and you're out. And because, again, life's too short. Uh, you know, I, I want to be around – people who I love and respect and who love and respect and support me like in my ideas and and so on. Mental health. I don't mean sanity, but I mean, you know, and and I've talked about this before. I've written about this before. So, So Claudia, feel free to ask questions on this stuff. But Everybody's got an idea muscle. Thank
0: you by the way for giving me the the freedom to ask questions.
1: <laughs> yes, you're you're welcome. So e- everybody's got an idea muscle and this muscle will atrophy as fast as any other muscle. So if you're in a bicycle accident and you're in a hospital bed for 2 weeks, you're going to actually need physical therapy to walk again because your leg muscles have atrophied so much. And uh uh you, the idea muscles the same way So what I do is I write down without fail 10 to 20 ideas a day It could be ideas about anything It doesn't have to be business ideas It could be book ideas It could just be ideas of You know things I wanna do to improve my life could be anything. Just make sure, you know, the first five ideas are easy. You got but then to get to ten, you're gonna actually feel your brain sweating. And after six months of doing this, you're gonna be an idea machine. Like no matter where you look, no matter who's talking to you, no matter what you're reading, you're gonna have a nonstop flowing of ideas. It's amazing what I've actually,
0: happens. I have to say, I've actually experienced uh, the idea machine, and I, I don't have a specific case in point right now. But whereby, say, for example, we we were on the way to the airport, and the flight gets canceled, and because my idea machine is not as exercised perhaps as yours, I've seen you solve problems uh, like book us in another flight, redirect. Um, within the same cost without having to pay extra money and going to the same destination at the same time. I've seen you do magic because of it. I, I just want to say I'm a witness to the magic of the power of the idea machine and how, as you say, the ideas have sex,
1: too? Yeah, so so often people ask me, um, and first of all, I'll comment on that plane thing. Um, so it's not just ideas for businesses. If you're stuck let's say your car breaks down in the middle of the highway uh, in a desert okay suddenly you'll have ideas instantly how to get yourself out of the situation so ideas come all the time and and it works but on business ideas or book ideas or creative ideas uh, you know people ask me well do you look back on your ideas or do you how do you execute on your ideas so um what often happens is, is that the, I, I always throw out the old ideas because the idea of this practice is not to um, have great ideas. You could have many bad ideas. You should have mostly bad ideas or else you're not taking enough risks. But often when you combine two ideas, that's when you get... A phenomenal idea. So, as a great example, uh, Google is a combination. Google wasn't the first search engine; it was like the twelfth search engine. But they combined s- normal search engines with the same method used that academics use to rank papers based on how you know how many people are citing a paper. That paper ranks higher. So they combined that idea with search, and they created Google. Um, you know, scotch tape is a combination between uh adhesive paper and, you know, some kind of gluey substance. So, so it's really the combination now That's idea sex. Yes, that's idea sex. And and one will always you should always, you know, take old ideas and combine them with new um to come up with the the most unique ideas. On the planet, and that's that's a really great exercise. So it's a really great exercise to make your list of ideas yesterday, and then make your list of ideas today, and then tomorrow see how they combine in idea sex. So that's one particular idea. The other question is, when do you? How do you execute on the ideas? Well, execution itself is an idea. People always say ideas are a dime a dozen, execution is everything. That's totally not true because most ideas are really bad. And even most ideas I come up with are really bad. So execution itself is, you know, coming up with ideas, how to get things done. And so often what I'll do is make two columns. The first column is an idea. The second column will be what's the very next step. And if Can it's you so- give
0: an example of that?
1: Yeah. So when I was making stockpicker.com, for instance, uh, I had the idea, and then the very next step was um, I spec'd it out. Uh, like here's what here here is the list of things. Here's the list of ten ideas of what will be on the front page, and then the very next idea after that here's. The t- Here's how I can get this done Like I'm not going to program it myself But here's all the ways I can outsource it To get this idea done And then suddenly within a week I had sketches of the site I didn't have the site done but I had sketches of the site It looked good and then about three weeks after that I had the first draft of the site And Six months after that, I sold the business for 10 million. You
0: know, but I will call you on this here because this is very interesting. You just told me a a situation in which you went down the line into one idea. And I remember one time me coming up with an idea uh, and trying to go profoundly and you stopping me cold and going, oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way you think. First, you must list all your options. How is that different?
1: It's it's the same thing. So so uh, and, and what you're referring to actually is there's a classic book called Think Like a Grandmaster uh, written in the 1950s by a Russian chess grandmaster. And he said, um, when you're looking at a chess position, don't get obsessed with one particular six moves ahead line that you have to analyze first just identify what all of your possible moves are and that's what i do so uh, when i was making stockpicker.com i actually was making 10 sites 10 websites simultaneously because there's no I way see. to know there's no way to know in advance what business is going to work it's really hard and the and business is every business p- does what's called pivoting so every business changes you have to be very flexible about changing your ideas when you're running a business and so um, so I did the same thing. I came up with many ideas for businesses, and I came up with many first steps. I actually created about ten different websites, and Stockpicker.com was the one that really took off. And then I kept adding. I kept having ideas for more and more features for it, and it built into a great site with millions of users.
0: And you, you, you sold Stockpicker.com the day you spec'd it, didn't you?
1: In my mind, I did. Yes, I knew. I kind of had an idea how, how it was going to happen, but I, I will save that for uh, another story. So, so, but that is the idea muscle, and I think it's some people. I think focused on that as the most important part, but it's not. Like if you had a four, like, what is the most exciting part. It's the most exciting part because you say to yourself, ah, I could come up with an idea that I'm going to sell for $10 million. But, but some
0: people say, I I, I I, can't. I can't do that. And like yeah, you, well, I've told you, I can't come up with 10. And sometimes you tell me, what do you say to that?
1: Well, if, uh, you, you know, you'll be at the five point and like, oh, I can't come up with another idea. And then I'll say, okay, you have to come up with 20 ideas.
0: Yeah, because, what's up with that?
1: Because the problem is, People think every idea has to be good. So you have to give yourself permission to come up with lots of bad ideas. Like the key is exercising the idea muscle. It's not, it's not coming up with the idea that's going to make $10 million. The key is just exercising that idea muscle. And again, it is the most exciting part. And it's the one that people ask me the most questions about. But this is a four-legged chair of health, physical, emotional, emotional mental and spiritual and if you lose one leg on a four-legged chair then any burst of wind your chair is going to fall over and if you lose two legs on that chair you're going to just fall over so the idea muscle is part of the is the mental portion of this it's just one leg of a four-legged chair the spiritual part which is the last part a lot of people hate that word spiritual I hate it I hate it actually. I you know cuz I think it's like like I know you don't know, you're a yoga instructor it's, it's more common in the language there but uh uh I think from the in the business world people think the world's sp- the word spiritual is like oh I don't need to be spiritual I'm a good guy. But all it really means is be deeply grateful every day. Be creatively grateful every day. So every day All day long, if I'm ever feeling anxious, and I get anxious all the time, whenever I'm feeling anxious, I catch myself, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. And then I I take a step back and I say to myself, think 10 things that I'm grateful for that I haven't thought about before. So, for instance, the very first time I did this, I was grateful for you, Claudia, and I was grateful for my kids and so on. But after that, I always have to think of new things to be grateful for, and it really—you gratitude and anxiety. What's
0: an obscure thing you you found to be grateful for in your explorations of gratitude?
1: Uh, I might be grateful if I'm stuck in traffic because. This is fantastic. I'm stuck in traffic, so I have an excuse if I'm late for a meeting, and I get to sit here by myself, which is wonderful, and listen to whatever music I want. Like you hate all my music. So <laughs> I get to listen to whatever music I want. So so the so other So you're
0: grateful I'm not there basically.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, or- <laughs> Not only that, I'm grateful there's no police there cuz I don't even have a driver's license. So <laughs> I get thrown in jail instantly if uh, if the police stop me. But uh, so the great gratitude-
0: idea to announce that to the world, by the way.
1: No, I, I write about that all the time. No, no policeman listen to my podcast, I think. So uh, fortunately, so so uh gratitude's a muscle like the idea muscle, like any other muscle, like you have to be grateful every day. And, you know, here's the other thing that people don't realize. And, Claudia, we encountered this. We were going to give a workshop at a spiritual retreat. I won't name which one. And. Um, I wanted the title to be um, uh, From Spirit to Success and they wouldn't let me use that title they said our audience doesn't like the word success and I'm like what? and they said yeah you can't use the word success and I said "That's, that's BS because People who are spiritual have to pay the bills. We live in a country where money, you, you, you have to support yourself. And everybody's losing their jobs right now. Like, this is a, a crazy economy. Like, this is, you know, we live in an economy that is undergoing enormous transformation, more than it has ever done in the past century. And more than ever, you have to do what I call choose yourself. And so you have to follow this daily practice and you have to use it to build the foundation of the house you're eventually going to build. And that you have to build because the gatekeepers are all going away. If, if you look at the employment numbers, and I'm going straight from spirituality to government employment numbers, but if you look at the employment numbers, employment is still at a you know roughly bad number, but what's happening is part-time employment is shooting up like like nothing else. So uh, real unemployment where or or underemployment where people have jobs that they don't like or where they, they took demotions. Real underemployment is probably around 20 or 30% and part time is just shooting up. People have and people don't know how to choose themselves. They don't know how to get healthy and strike out on their own and have I So if care. I hear
0: you right what you're saying is success is spiritual and success is resides in choosing yourself.
1: Yeah, and again, it's what I said before. Success means I had a successful day today and
0: because I followed my daily practice. Yeah,
1: because if you're around people who love and support you, if you're physically healthy, though, and if you're grateful, those three things means that what they mean is you're going to have a ton of great ideas in the long run. And I can, again, I can say. Every six months, my life has been so much, I don't want to say better because my life was good six months ago, but it's just different and interesting and exciting, and I'm not bragging about it like, Claudia, you've seen it happen. No,
0: no, I will say when I met you in 2009, and you finally had an apartment, you weren't living in hotels, and uh, By, by the way, the only
1: reason I moved into an apartment- I was living in a hotel. I was living in the Chelsea Hotel in New York, where I had lived for many years in the 90s before I was first married. So, But then I started going out with this girl before I met you, and... She was really disturbed by the Chelsea Hotel because it's disgusting. Like, it's a very artistic kind of hotel, but there you could find condoms on the staircase or whatever. And so she was really disturbed by this. She actually was a psychiatrist for a living, and she went to her psychiatrist, and her psychiatrist said, oh, he doesn't know how to have roots because he lives in a hotel. And I tried to explain to her, no, this was my roots before I got married. I went back to my roots. I'm the most rooted guy you could possibly meet. And she's like, no, you have to move into an apartment. So it was the, when you met me, Claudia, it was actually the first time I had ever lived in an apartment by myself. And I was, well, how old was I? I was 41 years old. Yes.
0: And I guess I'm grateful for this woman then because I had an apartment to move into, too. I had my own home in New Jersey, but we um, we, we realized pretty quickly that we wanted to be together that he was working and um, I, I saw from you in the beginning you were not really doing that much yeah I, I remember you taking a lot of phone calls and uh, being on the computer playing chess a lot but there wasn't that much happening in your life and there were people around you friends sort of pushing you to start writing and, and to tell your stories me included um, and saying, James, you you, got to start writing and you, you didn't really want to, what, what was happening? I mean, you were doing your daily practice. What was happening?
1: Well, yeah, I was still thinking, oh, I need to be in the business world or I need to um, start a hedge fund or start some. I I remember one point I started an online dating service, and actually I had raised about a half a million dollars for it. And the day we were going to kind of launch, I literally woke up next to you uh, shaking um, because I felt to myself, "This is a really bad idea, and two years from now i 'm going to have to explain to all of these investors how I lost all their money because it was a dating service on top of Twitter, and the whole idea of online dating is is that initially you 're anonymous, but on Twitter, you know people are mostly sh- use their real names, so I actually returned all the money I had raised, and I was really depressed after that too so uh, but it, you know it was an idea I was trying different ideas, but then at some point. I was running low on money again and I had no ideas. Uh, I was just lost. And, um, you know, other than, of course, you and my life, we, we had just gotten married. And so I felt like,
0: we were and, in a honeymoon sort of period too. Yeah, but you know we getting, couldn't unglue from each other that you, much at that time.
1: But you know, getting married is a, anxiety producing because I felt like, oh, now I have to think ahead. Like I want to make sure that this works out. So I had to think, how am I going to to make money? And I got, I got kind of. But
0: I think you may be an anxious kind of person because I, I, I was, I was an. Anxious, Or maybe I was, I don't know, feeling like you would figure it out. But I was, I mean, I had my own job. I was trying to figure it out myself. Uh, Yeah, well. I felt pretty good about all of that.
1: I think I am an an anxious sort of person. And for me, what happened was I started doing this daily practice again, which I had done in the past and it had worked. But then I would have stopped doing it and things would fall apart. So I started doing this daily practice again. Well, Well, the first thing that happened was... I started being really honest and telling my stories because I figured I couldn't be the only one who this economy has totally turned upside down. And so I started writing these stories and people were like, how could you this is like watching a train wreck in motion, like all these people had known me for years. Uh, we're like, how could you write all these honest stories? Like, how could you admit to all of this? And I was writing it on my blog at jamesaltusher.com. I write them now mostly on my email newsletter, and uh, uh,
0: which people can sign up
1: aware where? Uh, at com. So, mm-hmm. and I was, um, I started writing all these stories and people would say on Twitter like, oh my gosh, this is like watching a train wreck in, in slow motion and then secretly they would then email me and say, you know, don't worry, dude, I smoked crack, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and,
0: what else? What else have some people confessed to you? Uh, Tell us some secrets. I,
1: I people confess to everything, like uh, drugs, prostitutes, uh, offshore bank accounts. You know, uh, bankruptcies, uh, jail sentences. I get, I get, I, I get it every day, and I don't, I don't ma- make fun of these people. This serious. But this was
0: especially happening to you when you started getting honest.
1: Right when I started getting honest. It's really weird what happened. I became a trusted source. Everyone realized. Look, the whole business world, and maybe the whole world. Everybody just wears. Everybody's in pain, and so what they do is they wear the masks that they think they can show the world, so that the world won't see their pain, or the world won't touch their pain. So, so Would you say
0: it's like living a double life, like you present yourself in one yeah,
1: way. Yeah, yeah. It's totally like living a double life, like. You know, you you basically hide hide the things you're scared about, and so you live this double life, and it takes a lot of mental energy, like actual calories burnt in your brain. It takes a lot of energy to live a double life, and I will tell you, most people live triple or quadruple lives, so you know to be honest people suddenly said oh he could do it if he could do that I can do it so a lot of other people started being a little bit more honest being more forthcoming and they started seeing the results and then that's when I wrote about this daily practice that was four years ago I first wrote about it and now I get you know you see the uh, emails I get a-
0: that post That post was called how to be the luckiest person alive yeah
1: and then uh, I, wrote, I wrote, you about- wrote
0: it I believe in 2010 or, yeah, or 11 one of those- or 11 and it Went viral. It yeah, was that, one of those posts that really spread out.
1: It did, and 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 I wrote about it in more detail in the book "Choose Yourself." We wrote about it together in "The Power of No," um, which I encourage people to buy. Now I will plug our our book that we just released, uh, "The Power of No." Um,
0: yes, and-, and also if you see it in Barnes and Nobles, please send me a photograph because I'm making a collage, yes. and so that would be
1: wonderful. And and so, so end a flag. So and now also I get all the emails. This is years later, after I wrote first wrote about this. And Claudia, you see how many emails I get because actually you've said people up- actually
0: tell you you've saved my life. People actually say those words to you.
1: Yeah, and there's uh you know, and I'm really grateful for that because I hope for every one person who sends me an email and I get a lot of them, there's probably a lot more on top of that who don't send me an email, which is fine also. Now you
0: also attracted a lot of haters.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't understand that part, but I don't think about it either. Like, uh, I don't give any You put the
0: focus on the positive.
1: Yeah, because I know I I have a positive message. It's not like, I always say I'm not giving advice. I'm only saying what's worked for me. So there's no BS. I am not recommending anything. I'm only telling you what has worked for me and it's worked in amazing ways and i'm so actually thankful like i compare even the people in my life now to the people in my life five years ago it's a hundred percent different it's like i have a reshuffling yeah it's like i have this brand new loving family of friends and colleagues and and family and everything and it's just it's just amazing and I feel healthier uh, obviously we're constantly working on new ideas I mean even this podcast is just a few months old but it's been like a huge you know it's been a really wonderful thing for me like I, I love it uh, yes you- I think
0: I think it's pretty clear what your why is the the why behind how you um, how this has worked for you and you don't want to preach anything you're just sharing and you are grateful to see it working for whoever it might work and, and your message but I I want to go back a little bit to your writing because I was at a dinner not so long ago with you and a bunch of other people and someone at that dinner said if it's James Altucher you'll recognize the writing because it's not just any writing is special it has that extra oomph it has that first line that you will not be able to resist and you'll have to keep reading and you'll always be Shocked almost by the last line. There is something special to your writing. There's there's a craft and something you study. And and who, who are your influences? How how did you get to that?
1: It's a funny question because people ask me like, "Oh, who did? What what author can you recommend?" And I and I'll, I'll get to an author or two in a second. But the reality is, you have to read an enormous amount if you want to be a good writer if you want to be good at anything, you have to study the craft. So I I read probably hundreds of books a year and I, I spend anywhere from 30 minutes to 200 minutes a day reading, you know, you wake up early, you stay up late, whatever it takes. Uh, you still make sure you get your eight hours of sleep, but any spare moment I have, I read, and I and, and
0: and I can plug in a little story. Yesterday, for example, you had um, a, a very long podcast. We had a radio show. You had business. You had you wrote three, di- no, four different essays or things to publish in different places. You had a lot of phone calls to take. And when we finally went to sleep to get our eight hours of sleep, you, you were reading, and I wanted some attention, and you <laughs> couldn't get. You couldn't get past the first line because I kept asking you questions because I just wanted some some James Altucher energy for me, and you had a hard time. You really wanted to read, and and it took about seven questions for you to finally turn the iPad off and talk to me. Yeah.
1: Well, and that and and that's a good example actually where of studying the craft where so the book was Chang Ray Lee. Um, uh, uh, the uh, title was native speaker and I think he's actually from Korea but I'm not totally sure I just started this book um, and the first line if I remember correctly was uh, when my wife left me she 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 left me a list of everything she thought about me and so that's the kind of line where or was it everything I needed to change? No, it wasn't everything I needed to change, because then I read later on this morning. Oh, uh, oh, it wasn't oh. things. She, it was just everything she she thought about me. It was a list of items she thought about him. And, and so
0: you get really intrigued. You want to know what did she think about him.
1: Right, but then what I get intrigued about is the author himself thinking of that first line. Like, that's studying the craft. Like, why did he pick... And not only that... That first line was a, was the only line in the paragraph, so he wanted to really highlight that line to kind of drag you into the book. Now it takes more than one line to make someone read two hundred pages. What is of a the book. first
0: line that you like from your writing? Can you can you go back to one first line that maybe you like?
1: I don't I, remember. I don't remember. I you know maybe I uh, so when my I had I really like this one article about where I was visiting Rikers Island on a bus at three in the morning and at the bus stop there were all these prostitutes waiting for people to get out of Rikers Island. So that was where their customers were coming from. And I think the first line of that was, was sort of fun. I, I, had a, I, have a, I have another book that I self-published called, that nobody's read, really, called The Choose Yourself Stories, where I have my more kind of like raw, almost literary style stories. And I think all of the stories, there are really they were really good and fun for me to write. But uh, I'm
0: reading one here that I like. It says, it. you were jealous of Bernie Madoff," and that is kind of an interesting line. I, I do kind of want to keep reading. Like, what do you mean? I was. You always have that that, that element of uh, yeah. Or as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I wanted to die,
1: which yeah. I, I think that was the first line of "Choose Yourself," right? Or, or yes, so.
0: uh, in, in the first chapter, yes.
1: Yeah. And then um, I think on my one of my posts today, um, the first line is they fired me. So here's the first paragraph. They fired me. They fired me as CEO. They fired me as a board member. Then they took away my shares. And now none of them ever talk to me. So you
0: also put yourself down a lot. So you start sort of like you're the, the, the underdog.
1: Yeah, but it's but it's because everybody's the underdog. Like, you know, we all go to movies like called Superman or the X-Men or whatever, but like those things don't actually like heroes, superheroes don't actually exist in real life. We're all kind of, you know, combinations of tragedy and comedy. And uh You know, we're we're all we all hope for better in our lives and we all also hope for better ways of dealing with our current life. And, uh, you know, I think too many times pundits, let's say uh, financial pundits or or political pundits or self-help gurus or whatever, they come from this pedestal where. I don't know if I should trust them. I don't know if this worked for them. Maybe they only made money because they're selling advice. Uh, So for me now, I know over the past five years, you know, five years ago, I was broke, you know, around the time actually, Claudia, when we met. And um, uh, since then, I've, I'll admit it, I've made an enormous amount of money by doing this daily practice, you know. More than I've ever made before by doing this daily practice and and I and I know is attributed to this and I haven't started a business. I it's all through all sorts of different ways. You come up with so many ideas and you get so clever at coming up with different income streams and different possibilities and different deals that it really it really pays off. and so so what people want to see is a story. So a story starts off with someone who's either in an OK situation or a bad situation, and the situation then gets worse, and then you go from worse to better. And life itself is like that. So yes. I was on the floor committing, you know, considering committing suicide at my lowest point, and now here I am, so lucky. I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing this podcast with you, who I love. Uh, I love the people I work with, and and it's really because
0: of the daily practice.
1: Yeah, I I attribute it to that. For me, maybe other people, I don't know. Maybe other people need to meditate ten hours a day or exercise in the gym ten hours a day. I don't know. This is what's worked for me, and I know. I, the only other thing I can say is it's worked for a lot of other people because I get the emails from them. That's Otherwise, right. I wouldn't know if it's worked for anybody else. So uh, it's a bit
0: like a hero's journey. Yeah, they're the going on a quest. They're starting from fear and resistance and, and and having to figure something out and and failing and and in your case, failing again and again and, and again. Yeah, a, I've been a
1: huge <laughs> failure. Well, and like but one you- of the, one of the things I write in Choose Yourself is, uh, you know, life is a sentence of failures punctuated only by the briefest of successes. I and- love
0: that. I was just going to say that because it's one of the most beautiful sentences I've ever read from you.
1: And- and- For for all I know, I think I stole that from somebody, but, you know, whatever. If it works, I'll I'll use it. So Do you still – because you had this
0: tip for writers, write whatever you want. Start in the middle, and then when you're finished writing, take off the first paragraph and the last. Do you still do that now that you know the craft and you've been writing for three hours a day for five years nonstop?
1: 100% 100 of my articles. So the rule is you write your article and then – you always have to rewrite. So here's the first rewrite. Take away the first paragraph and take away the last paragraph and I guarantee you your article will be better. And then from there, I might, I'll rewrite further. I actually, my final post, like today, my final um, word count was about 60% less than my original word count uh, because that's how much I rewrite. I try, to, I try to carve out every single word, sentence, paragraph, That is not useful. And you know what's really interesting is that the the sentences that I tend to take out the most are kind of the poetic ones because you sort of realize that poetry is mostly BS. And whenever Mm -hmm. you try too hard to be poetic, it usually adds nothing to the content of of what you're trying to say. So you have to be really brutal with yourself, and the saying is you have to kill your darlings. So, so very mm-hmm. often that's, that's where I start now because I don't want to waste too much time uh, rewriting. I just like to, to post and, and get that, that feedback.
0: That's right, yes. But, uh, yes. And you also say start in the middle. If you're confused, if you don't know where to start, then just go for the middle. Go for whatever idea comes to your head.
1: Yeah, right. So, so for instance, like in this post today, I didn't have to start off saying, oh, well, I started this business. Here's what the business did. Here's what I did poorly. I started off. They fired, fired me. fired, right. Yeah. I because started, that's more
0: interesting, too. I started
1: at the end. You know, they fired me. I was – I really blew it. Like, so, I you even, get
0: to the meat of it.
1: Yes. And that's – that. you know, we, we – you know, we, we live in a world where there's so many opportunities for people to listen to great content. I want to make sure my content is the best. I want to, you know, not that. i So I'm let. Being,
0: why don't we come up with ten ideas of ten lines that 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 could be really good starters? Like 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 I wanted to die or yeah,
1: I wanted to die. On the I
0: world. wanted to kiss her.
1: Yeah, is I that want, a good I, first I, line? I, well, well, I wanted I wanted to kiss her. But I knew uh, or uh, I wanted to kiss her, but I didn't know how or or I, I leaned in to kiss her and she pushed my face away. That's oh, a crazy I love that life.
0: one. Uh, yes, that, that's a nice one.
1: You know, another one. Another one is, um, you know, on the morning of the worst day of my life, I had no idea what was going to happen next.
0: Yeah. Or on the morning of the worst day of my life, I the river flooded my living room
1: yeah or, or 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 uh uh you know the river flooded my living room and and I knew then that I was completely ruined you know or uh uh you know or what you know it's funny a great line and I, 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 I this is why I love reading i love reading good writers a great line is the day she left me she left me all she left me with was a list of all the things she thought about me. Like, that's a great Right, so, so
0: still thinking on the river. Um, the river flooded my house, and as the current receded, I found my wedding ring.
1: Yeah, that's good. Although, that's although That actually
0: happened to you.
1: That happened to me, although you just gave the beginning, middle, and end of the story in one line. So right, so I went too far. You have to be a little careful. Um, but uh, but yes, that's a good line, too. But then you have to kind of explain what happened. Yeah. Uh, but
0: uh, is there is there any I know that you like Dennis Johnson very much as a writer who, who I actually whenever I had a moment to really calm down and read, I couldn't believe the guy. And is there, is there a line you have that you like from him?
1: Yes, but I can't say it because I've stolen it actually several. <laughs> times. So I don't want to say it. But if you read not, most Dennis Johnson books um, are very good, but um He has a collection of short stories called Jesus' Son, and um, it's about a drug addict who's just trying to kind of get by, and all the stories are interconnected. And you you never actually know the real name of the main character. You just know what he's called. They made a movie about the book. Um, It's a very thin, small book, but it is by far... Uh, the most beautiful book of stories ever written. And I remember it's funny when the book was published. I think it was like 1993 or 1994. I specifically went out to the bookstore to get it because I, I had already read many of the stories in magazines and stuff. And mm-hmm. I read last year. This is just last year. Chuck Palahniuk, um, who wrote Fight Club and a lot of other novels. He said that he read the book Jesus' Son over 300 times. Wow. And, and that's probably the same number of times I've read the book. I, I probably read it every couple of days, like, or, or at least read stories from it every couple of days. So, I uh, you know, if I'm going to recommend any book, it's that. But I also just recommend, you know, try to read at least, like, a book a week or or two books a week or whatever. And And don't be afraid, by the way, to stop reading a book once it gets boring. Like, I do that all the time, too. So... Mm-hmm. But, you know, anyway, Claudia, I want to – my voice is getting sore. But
0: yes, I, I can hear that. I, I have gotten a lot out of you. I, I, I realize I've been a tough interviewer, perhaps.
1: <laughs> do you think I left anything out? Should we talk about anything else? No,
0: I think I pushed – I think it's, it's, it's okay.
1: Okay. So I, I hope – if this if this post is useful, here's what I hope people do. They go to jamesaltucher.com. There's a contact button um well first sign up for my email list because that's now i don't even put stuff on my blog anymore really once a week i do but most of my stories i put on my email list please sign up for my email newsletter uh you know or or con- contact me through my contact buttons tell me you like this podcast and uh I also want to say I'm really grateful for all the listeners. This is the seventh month of this podcast. It's grown.
0: Congratulations! This is really good. Every,
1: every single week has been bigger than the week before. I've been really happy with it. And Claudia, my love. And you've my- been
0: very happy with all the feedback and, and how many people have written to you and every email gets read and and and. And they ask altitude, um, answer questions. It's it's been a good journey.
1: Yeah, it's it's been fun. Uh, and again, six months ago, it was totally different. Like uh, every six months, so I can't wait to see what happens six months from now. And also, you can hear Claudia and me every Wednesday at one p.m. on Hay- at HayhouseRadio.com. Com, yes, we have a live show where we take in Collins. So uh, and we have that for the next two months at least, I think. So uh, uh, Claudia. I love you very much. I've loved Thank you. Thank you. I love you Since too. The first honey. day I've seen you, and oh. uh, I'm glad you could join me on this podcast. So, thanks very much. Sweet. Thank you. Love you too. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network at stansberryradio.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today.